Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible, a truly magical way to experience your favorite books through oral tradition and storytelling. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. Welcome, everyone. This is season three of the Sex Magic Podcast, and we are so, so excited to be back. We have been working on so many creative things to share with you, brewing up all kinds of magic to share. And I am so grateful to be here with my co hosts. We have a new evolution of the podcast. And so I wanted all of us to have an episode in which we really dive into sharing who we are, our own personal sex magic journeys, and really connecting with you guys. So yeah, welcome everyone. Hello. Yay, so Hello. excited to be here. So Tosca here, maybe we could go around and uh, introduce ourselves again for everyone who might be tuning in for the first time. I'm Tony. I'm Shady. And I'm Isabella. <laughs> So the theme of this episode is our own personal sex magic journeys. We had a few people reach out and ask us to share our own experiences and how we kind of got into this, into this world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wanted all of us to kind of talk about like, how did we start doing this? Like you don't just wake up one day and decide like, I'm going to practice sex magic. It's definitely (laughs) an interesting path to take. I think mine was definitely more of a revelatory thing in that I didn't wake up and decide I was going to use sex magic. I kind of woke up and realized I already was. So there was a lot about my shadow work over the last five years that showed me how I was using sex to get things, whether it was to manifest positive or negative things in my life. Uh, Sex was a place where I was finding power, but not owning it. And so that brought me into a place where I wanted to better understand this thing that was kind of already flowing inside of me. It got to an electric state and, um, yeah. And then sex magic was like, what's up girl, (laughs) come into my womb, learn the learns. One thing, oh, Toski here. One thing I wanted to point out in that when we have these conversations about sex magic is that it doesn't have to necessarily be what you would imagine sex magic to be in the like ritual bedroom candles lit rose petals kind of thing. Our journeys with sex magic can be non-sexual. They can be solo sex. They can be just magic. They can be more intention-based meditation. Uh, I think like something that I really get out of this podcast is that sex magic is super personal and our journeys to get here um, are non-linear and it doesn't have to look as like aesthetic as one would assume it to be. And so, yeah, that's my little tidbit. It's a good caveat. 
Isabella here. I feel I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel like for me, I was just having a lot of sex that was really unintentional and I didn't really feel very present or engaged in it. It was very performative. And when I took my period of celibacy and connecting with myself, that was also the time when I started engaging in sensual self portraits. And that was such a huge piece of magic for me taking these really intentional, sensual images of myself and just having them for me and being able to really witness and see myself in my like magical expression of sensual self. And that was the first time I started really kind of waking up to my sensuality and my sexuality as something extremely intentional and creative. And that was sort of the trigger for me when I started tiptoe stumbling into sex magic <laughs> this is shady here um when i knew that we were going to talk about this episode i was talking to tosca before and i was like you know i don't feel like i've really intentionally practiced sex magic i got like a sex magic candle from you like a while <laughs> a while ago and i did use it but i was kind of just like am i doing this right i lit the candle and i said the stuff <laughs> you're just like go at it now <laughs> So I don't know if that really counts, but I feel like I have unintentionally kind of done some sex magic like from edging. I like to do a lot of edging and kind of like building up that energy. Um, I don't know if anyone watches Dragon Ball Z, but it's kind of like harnessing the Kamehameha wave for like ever until it's this giant thing. So I guess that's kind of sex magic in That's a way. That's such a good analogy. <laughs> really excellent. I hope everybody goes and watches at least some Dragon Ball Z now. You'll it's get a phenomenal it. show. They like blue ball you for so many episodes. They're like, <laughs> they're building it for like 10 episodes. And then it's amazing once they finally launch it off, it like destroys everything. It says so much about the boyfriend that I had that introduced me to Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I'm just thinking back. Tosca here. So my sex magic journey kind of started honestly, like in a dark place. Um, I think like I had always practiced witchcraft from a very early age. Um, but when I was a teenager, I experienced some sexual trauma at home. And so I had an interesting relationship with my own sexuality. And I'm also very inherently masochistic. Um, and I didn't understand that I could use that like as a physical expression. I often would turn to emotional masochism and then Luckily, I found the BDSM community <laughs> and I had a wonderful Dom who guided me, who was also into magic and Satanism. And he didn't really preach anything on me, but he definitely taught me uh, the energetics of BDSM. And I instinctively would shift my consciousness when I was experiencing pain and it was like a spiritual awakening. And I think that was the moment I realized that, that sexuality was connected to spirituality. Um, and from there, I, I really started to explore how BDSM was playing into me reclaiming my sexuality, offering catharsis and how magic was helping me empower myself. And then 
honestly just this like beautiful evolution of like oh nature is wild and magical and sexual and now everything is kind of connecting together and it is everywhere like I find sex magic like when I'm on a hike and I see you know butterflies fucking it's great (laughs) Tony here I've had a friend tell me that sexuality is something that he feels like lots of people take and lock up in a little locket and wear around their neck and put it underneath all of their clothes. But that one of the things that he was both inspired and terrified of in me is that sex, my sex is like out, like it's like part of all of my body. Mm. And Bella, you made me think about how dance movement, Mm. being a dancer my whole life, like in all the classes for all the hours was for a very long time, my sexual expression, because to ignore the expression, sexuality of a small child is just as dangerous as it is to exploit it. Um, so I love that sex magic doesn't have to be sexual. It can just be coming from that sacral chakras coming from that creative place coming from that place of healing in the sex organs Mm -hmm. which totally the connection between all of that and spirituality just moving in a different way touching yourself in a more gentle way that doesn't necessarily go directly for the button but gets you there Mm -hmm. tony something you said um sparked something for me in that like your sexuality is more open. And I've had people comment to me like, Oh wow. Like you're really open about stuff. And like, it's so brave. And for me, I'm like, well, is there really any other way? I I feel like we're limiting our full expressions of ourselves. If we don't have like an outlet for our sexuality or even just conversations around sexuality. And I find that it's so dangerous if we don't talk about it. And if we don't say that it's spiritual and it's just something you share, you know, with your partner when really like it's something you share with yourself too. And that's something Bella is like so wonderful at like sharing with everyone is, is having that like intimacy with yourself. And yeah, I think like it's so powerful to be like, yes, I am into this and I like this. And it doesn't mean it's an invitation for you to be into this with me. It's just who I am. Yeah. And can I just say, like, I feel like society really misconstrues um, bravery as not being in shame. Like there was really recently a quote that I love by Lizzo and people were saying, oh, she's so (laughs) queen that she's so like brave for being so sexual as like a curvier woman. And she was like, I'm not brave. I'm just really sexy. And it's like, just because like, fuck. And I feel like that really ties into sex magic where it's like, cause I, you know, I've heard the same thing about being open to my sexuality. That's been like misinterpreted by people as flirting. And it's like, yeah, like Toski saying, it's not an invitation to you. It's also not that brave. I'm just not in a place of shame. Mm. And I see that you are, and I'm being a mirror as seems to be my karmic agreement in this life to be a mirror to people. I'm being a mirror to you to show you where you can up level if you want. And 
you see one of two responses, which is someone being like, wow, that's amazing. I want to learn more. I want to go deeper. Can you tell me more about that? Mm-hmm. And the other one is a shutdown and a projection of judgment on me. And it's, that's fine. Cause that's where you're at. But I don't think it's that brave, honestly, to talk about your sexuality or sexuality in general, not necessarily yours. It's just not being in a place of shame. Yeah. Tony here. And to build on that, The shutdown is so dangerous because it prevents us from using sex to heal the shame because there's really no way to get around it. You take the things that are important and when you have negative stories around it, you surround it in a shroud of shame and then you only can get to it and feel all of the benefits of it by getting past the shame and understanding that, first of all, you're not alone. We all are sexy and have sexy feelings, and we all have society telling us every which way to feel and be and act and own or don't own or put labels on ourselves just to make things easy for other people. But diving into who you are and loving yourself is not selfish, and it's going to take you to a really beautiful place of understanding and acceptance. And also, like, building off that, it's... I've noticed, I don't know what y'all think about this, but I've noticed a lot in both the BDSM community and just the sexual spiritual community, a judgment on using sex as a way to heal shame and sexual shame and sexual trauma. And I'm just here to say for anyone listening that is or has used sex, like there is nothing wrong with that. And for a lot of people, BDSM and or sex magic are fantastic tools to heal sexual shame, sexual trauma, sexual assault, like the whole myriad of things. And just because it's like if someone was to give you a little bit of a stabbing with a knife, are you never going to use a knife again? Is there anything wrong about using a knife in your own life? Like, no, it's not your fault that that tool was used sort of against you. That's such a beautiful way of describing it. I really love that. And oh, so much yes to everything you guys are saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think it was, yeah, I mentioned this before, but to say again, I I went to a neurology of BDSM class and this teacher spoke about how children uh, play games when they're younger that are basically uh, like dynamic roles and they're also tiny trauma situations like um games like hide and seek like that's actually a little terrifying someone's looking for you and you're having to hide and also there was one what was it like cops and robbers Mm. um where someone's getting punished and it's you know these are interesting things but it is healing to kind of have like micro traumas. And that's what this neurology teacher was speaking about was that oftentimes people go to the BDSM community who have experienced some form of trauma because these are safe places to re recreate micro traumas, um, which actually heals and rewires like our, you know, what's happening in our brain. So it's like, this was unsafe, but now I'm replaying the situation and now it is safe. And to rewire something like that's pretty damn magical. (laughs) You can rewrite the story. And that's what I got from BDSM was that I was able to take back what happened to me and actually play with it in a safe space because the things that happened to me 
also were strangely turning me on, which, you know, you feel a lot of shame around that. Like this was bad. I did not like this. Why am I feeling this way? But it's just a common thing that happens. So instead of hiding it, actually owning it and playing with it and then making friends with your, you know, pain and then going from there and seeing what happens. It's called arousal non-concordance and it is very common in femme folk. Um, so yeah, that if anyone listening is like, oh my God, I experienced some kind of pleasure of either psychological or genital. And sometimes they're in opposition. Um, totally normal. Nothing wrong with you. Just what your genitals are doing. It's also the same thing where like when sometimes you might be in the mood to have sex with someone and you're sort of trying to get there, but your genitals are just shut down regardless of what your genitals look like. Um, yeah. Arousal, non-concordance, super normal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, to what Tosco is saying, that is interesting because I feel like we don't really get chances to play games as adults, Mm. you know? So I feel like that's like one of the few places where you can find that kind of outlet and it's safe. Otherwise, it's just like, we're just floating out here. What's everyone doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, what what is the purpose of game? What is the purpose of play? Like, what's that doing for us mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Expression feel like it gives you an opportunity to be a problem solver too in like a high stakes like I loved manhunt you know when you're in when you're a high school student it's called manhunt instead of hide and seek it's hide and seek (laughs) tell the immigrant (laughs) (laughs) so when I was older instead of calling it hide and seek because everyone was like that's a kid's game we called it manhunt and it would happen it does raise the stakes at (laughs) night right it would happen at night people would hide in all sorts of backyards and different cul-de-sacs in my neighborhood. And if there were any houses that weren't finished, you know, just like general mayhem, but (laughs) it was, it was an opportunity to be like, know your prey, like, you know, or like, how do I avoid this predator? And it just felt invigorating really. Mm -hmm. It's so primal. It is. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the, one thing that I feel people really shun in day to day is their primal instincts because there isn't a place for it in society. For example, I'm visiting. I live in New York now. What up? In Brooklyn, hit me up. And um, so I'm here in LA and I'm staying with my friend and she usually lives alone, so I know that I'm in, in her space, but she also made me hyper aware of her neighbors and how close we all are. And so she's like whispering in her own home. And I was like, where, if not my own home, do I get to scream? Where do I get to be all of the sides of me that come up at any given moment? It's, it's a challenge. You have to hide in the woods or something. Mm. We need more opportunity for expression because I think screaming can be really sexual too. Just (laughs) the the amount of aggression that comes from it, wanting to be the predator or the prey, like Mm. food, food is so sexy. Stop eating things mindlessly. Don't let other people cook your food if you don't know them and they don't love you. Really get sexy with your food. Stick your hand in the bulk bucket of cashews, like just (laughs) touch things. 
I don't know. I just <laughs> please don't put your hand in the bulk bucket. <laughs> so no, sanitary. don't do that. That's not sanitary. But get your own bucket. <laughs> put your hand in your own bucket. <laughs> I have a bucket of nuts for sure. I remember Halloween. Uh, like when I was a kid, we would get like a bowl of spaghetti and yes. make that like the, peeled the, grapes. Yeah, with the intestines, all that like sensory, like spooky stuff. That's so great. <laughs> I feel too like games are also like as adults are a fun way to make mistakes and and mm. take risks and for that to be okay. That's really challenging as an right? adult because the ego gets the so ego big. and when you're naked too. <laughs> I just anytime I try to play with someone, they get really. Uh, they get tight, they get wound. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's a generational thing because mm -hmm. we all are communicating in different ways, whether it's your phone or your computer or FaceTime. It's not all, I can't smell you just because we're mm. not in the same place. So there are different things that I'm not connecting with, but the ego gets into a, the way of the fun mm. often because we want to be good at things, but being good at a game isn't the point of the game. Yeah, the game right. is the game. It's yeah. the journey of learning how to play it and how to play with your friends. To all our Sex Magic podcast lovers, we are so excited to share with you our collaboration with Audible. For all our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We do have a few book recs for you. If you're curious about polyamory, check out The Ethical Slut. For a classic to connect with the wild woman archetype, of course, the beloved women who run with wolves. What are you going to listen to? To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast for your free audiobook. For me, when I experience games, I get really caught up in the rules. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's an interesting uh, place to explore my, um, I guess it's my Virgo energy. Where I I'm was just gonna like, say, but I have to follow me. the rules and like, but it's also really fun to play with the lines and boundaries um, and explore that in like a safe place. You know, it's not like real life rules, it's pretend rules. Um, but yeah, like going back to like sex magic and sexual energy, something I wanted to point out was that like a lot of the women throughout history who were, you know, burned as witches or persecuted or the pagan cultures that were, you know, wiped away that had more, you know, matriarch kind of energy you know, that worshiped the goddess instead of, you know, the typical like Western Christian kind of based stuff. The feminine had so much power in her sexual energy. And I think people fear that now and have feared it for a long time, but it wasn't always this way. And I really do feel like we're on the verge of a new a new time, a new era in which the feminine is rising. And I'm not saying feminine as like women only, I'm saying feminine as the energy. Um, and it's really beautiful to see more people who are curious about the mystical and ready to embrace the more earth-based spirituality or Eastern philosophies into their own lives and be more open about sexuality. 
I agree. I feel very strongly that we're on the verge of something very good with the rise of femininity, because it's not just about feminine or masculine as the dominant energy. It's the way they intermingle. It's the way that they dance together. So men being less ashamed of the feminine things that they love about themselves, about women, about the world, enjoying that dance is really becoming more acceptable. Um, my only thing is I, I do think we should fear the feminine because it is powerful. Mm -hmm. So it's not about letting the fear guide the way we interact with it, but rather letting the fear be the reason we respect it mm -hmm. in all of the ways that we interact with it. Because the feminine, it's not just about creation and beauty. It's about destruction and knowing when it's time to say enough. Mm -hmm. You can bring life into the world. You can take it out. Mm. My mom used to say that to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the more I think about that, the funnier it is and sad. <laughs> I also feel like, you know, we're, for people that are listening to this that maybe are a little bit new to sex magic and they're like, oh, good, this is like going to be informative. Maybe it feels a little bit confusing, some of the stuff that we started talking about. Um, but what I want to go back to is what we said in the beginning was we were sort of talking about our personal journeys and we all gave really different uh, entry points. And way, way, way early in the beginning of this whole series, not just season, when we first defined sex magic, which maybe is an episode you can go back and listen to. I believe, Tosca, you said something along the lines of uh, magic is the ability to shift consciousness at will. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So let's hold that definition in our mind and then think, okay, if that's what magic is, what's sex? And I think outside of the realm of sex magic that people have a really limited definition of sex and sometimes it's penetration only sometimes even more um constricting it's penis vagina penetration only mm -hmm. and you know sex can be from across the room with someone else it doesn't even have to be touching sex might feel like seducing yourself as you dance in the mirror and make eye contact with your innate essence so if we can hold that more expanded definition of sex at the same time as this definition of magic I think that might help people listening understand how everything that we're talking about right now is also sex magic whether it's BDSM whether it's as Tony was saying, dance, it's bringing intent, for me at least, my definition of it is sort of bringing consciousness and intention to my body mm. and like my sexual energy. So yeah, even eating a peach, I can, it can wow. be sex magic or it can just be like a Tuesday morning and you're not paying attention. So, I mean, that's part of why I work so much with Tantra and Tantric energy. It's, it's not what you're doing. It's how you're doing it. Like washing your dishes is sex magic. If you want it to be, you feel how warm the water is, how interesting the suds feel across your hands. And you think, what am I doing? What am I creating? I'm creating cleanliness in my home. I'm creating space for more dishes to cook. You know, what am I creating? What am I doing? So I just wanted to touch on that. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so similar in that we should have a more expanded definition of what sex is along with magic. And I've been <laughs> for the past like six months, but also maybe six years I've been working on a book of like erotic poetry. That's also like a ritual guide as well called Vita Erotica. And I have this one line that 
came to me a little while ago that sex is two spirits meeting on holy ground. Mm. It doesn't have to be two spirits. You can meet yourself on holy ground, but I think it is the, the state of being the state of your mind, because like you can, like you said, be doing anything anywhere with anyone and have that sexual, I don't even know. There really is no word for it, but it's like where you dissolve and just like have this holy energy within you and around you. And it's just, that's like what sex magic is. It's that state of mind, state of body, state of being. Shady here. Um, I feel like, yeah, connecting to sex magic, it's primarily been non-sexual for me. Um, I think the mind-body connection is super important. And when I started doing martial arts maybe like a year ago, I realized how out of whack my mind-body connection was. Like you have to be very present in all of your movements. And I would just like overthink everything, was trying to get everything perfect in the moment. And I was like, wow, I'm completely like disjointed with everything. So I feel like, yeah, primarily exercise has helped me kind of channel that primal energy that has helped me open that up, like the sacral chakra. Um, So yeah, running, running and martial arts. I love how martial arts, I mean, you train with both staff. So that's like, I don't know, I, I see that symbolically like the staff is very phallic and it's you like wielding this very phallic thing and like connecting to your body through like a masculine force and becoming a masculine force and more empowered I don't know that's just what I see (laughs) yeah no some guy sees me I train like on my roof and there's this dude that watches me just flail this like giant stick around on the roof when I like (laughs) didn't know what I was doing at first he was probably like what is going on over there looks like I just have like a big like pool q-tip thing and i'm like jabbing the air (laughs) (laughs) so good (laughs) it's a good time i want to just say something about the mind body connection um as we do more research on the way our gut communicates with our brain it's not something that we can totally disconnect from like it's it's there whether you're listening or not So your connection with your body might feel cloudy or not quite there, but often it's just a matter of doing something active like your martial arts, like your running, like dance, like painting, um, even just free writing to get you out of the noise that can happen with the monkey brain so that you can hear what's going on. Cause oftentimes your body is definitely sending you messages and they're probably messages that will make more sense than whatever your brain keeps telling you. Cause the brain is very powerful and its job is to color the world around you in a way that makes sense. And making sense doesn't always mean that it's the actuality of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, gut instinct, having that gut feeling, having the pit of your stomach feel something before you hear the bad news, trust those feelings and do any activity that helps you hear that more loudly. Like for me, where I don't have any stake and I really love to play, it's my ukulele. Anytime I'm feeling stressed out, whether it's about my sex life or my relationships or my career, or anything that's coming up, I just find something that is not anything important, just me wanting to make a little bit of music, and usually helps me hear what's really going on in my tum-tum. 
I love that so much. And I wonder like that, even just thinking of something as like your ukulele is a way that to connect with your body. I wonder maybe we could all share some things that could be easy intro points for people for sex magic. Um, for me, I would just say probably the easiest one is before solo sex or partnered sex. Just take a little moment to think like, what is my intention? Like, what am I hoping to get out of this? Is it connection with a partner? Is it exploration of my different erogenous zones? Is it getting a confidence boost before a job interview tomorrow? And then you can articulate to that to your partner if you're having partnered sex or not totally up to you, but maybe just thinking about bringing more intention rather than mindlessness to sex I feel like this is shady I feel <laughs> like um just a very basic tip like just physically like loosening up like shaking it out I feel like I'm naturally like a very tense like tightly wound person so I feel like anything to just get you in a more calm state just like walking around for five minutes I'll do some jumping jacks maybe I don't know <laughs> I definitely feel for my personal practice, it's been necessary to really carve out an amount of time that I am absolutely dedicating to me. Phone is off, music is on, something is burning, and I allow myself to be. And that might mean that I do something sexy. It might mean that I take a bath. It might mean that I lay down, but I really just unplug and do anything it takes to create an atmosphere that makes me feel calm. And then I set an intention for the rest of the day. And that might include sex. It might not include sex. I'm doing a lot of writing lately and writing is more intimate than a lot of the sex I've had in my life. So, mm. so it's so necessary, you know, so it's necessary for me to, I mean, sometimes I just put on lipstick and mascara and thigh highs and then I start writing. So mm. Tuska here for me, I have, I've started doing this new sex magic practice that came to me like about a month ago. And it is when I'm experiencing self-pleasure, when I'm practicing self-pleasure, I visualize the universe, spirit, God, whatever, fucking me. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Yeah. So I like really actually visualize like the cock of spirit energy, but actually like filling me up with like whatever it is that I need to have within me or embody, whether it is for manifestation or whether to connect deeper to myself. But it's again, that sacred union of the self and spirit and visualizing, you know, being filled up is, is something really powerful and beautiful and doesn't matter. I think like who you are, what genitalia you have, what your sexual orientation is. It's more just about that sensation and feeling of having something within you that's really powerful, that's within the sacral area, the sacral chakra. So yeah, fuck God. <laughs> Did anyone ever have any kind of like wild mishaps in their sex magic journey? Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's just so potent. Sometimes things you're just like, oh, 
Gypsy's Curse. I got exactly what I asked for. Um, yeah, that's that's the purpose of intention, because if you really know what you want or you just like let things happen, there, there will be very different circumstances. <laughs> you know, I don't encourage anyone to do any sort of specific love spells on particular people. But when you are very sure of yourself and what you're looking for and crystallize that, be ready, be ready, because you're going to get exactly as much love as you said you were ready to receive, <laughs> and you will learn. It's a good mishap. It's not an actual mishap. It's like... Tosca here. Yeah, I have like a happy mishap, and then I have like an oh shit kind of mishap. <laughs> so the happy one was um, a few years ago, I was making a lot, a lot of love spell candles and love potions for other people. Um, I'm an herbalist, and that's one of the things I love to do. I don't do it as a business anymore, but it's still something I adore. Um, and it's just word of mouth. So if you want something, hit me up. But I was making like a ton of love spell candles for other people. And then I met my partner like right after a period of like six months of making all of these love spells. And it really is the, the rule of magic in which like the energy you put out comes back to you. So, you know, you have you always say don't do spells like on other people that are negative. Well, if you do a lot of positive spells for other people, like sending love and joy to others, then it might come back to you, which is really nice. <laughs> so do positive spells. Um, but yeah, I, I was dating someone like a year or so ago and they made, um, lots of, uh, elixirs and I drank one of their really really strong love potions and that fucked me up so drink with caution <laughs> mm -hmm. it was fun though <laughs> i'm gonna say to that it is often fun if your expectation is something too far out of the realm of possibility you might feel really shattered at the end but usually when you're in it it's a good time yeah it was a good time. Enjoy the downfall. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Tosca's candles, I feel like that's the only kind of accident related thing I can think of, which is um, actually how she and I met. But uh, I bought a love candle and a sex candle off of her. And uh, yeah, my partner and I used a love candle and every time we used it, a bunch of moths would die in prayer position throughout our home and only in like significant portions, like on my altar um, and things like that. Not near light sources and like we've lived there a long time. It definitely wasn't common. Um, so that was kind of bizarre and it's been many years and we still haven't lit the sex magic candle because I don't want like a bunch of dead cats on my doorstep oh my or something. <laughs> mm. When you sent me those photos, my jaw hit the floor because also moths are my most sacred like spirit and used to be animal on connection. the logo on the candles. Yeah, it was the logo. Uh, it was Luna Moth Spell Candles, the first uh, OG thing. But yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> I did one of those sweet jars one time. I had someone get sweet on me. 
it took a really long time. By the time he was sweet on me, I didn't like him anymore. What's, <laughs> what's the sweet jar? Like where you put someone's name in a jar with like honey and water and the intention of having them be sweet on you and mm. keep it in a dark place in a closet or something and you shake it every now and then, sending sweet thoughts. Yeah, we don't talk anymore. <laughs> 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 yeah be careful what you wish for is mm. uh i think an important sex magic motto like be clear mm. i i strongly recommend people not doing any type of magic like on other people mm -hmm. um and instead like if that if that was the intention maybe shifting to something like i want to bring more love into my life rather than like yeah. mm -hmm. from this one person because like yeah what if you end up there into you but now they make you crazy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you hate them yeah, I was going to ask, like, how specific should you be with, like, the love intentions? Or, like, if you're trying to do, like, a general one for, like, the collective or something, like, how would you really do that? Well, apparently pretty specific because one of our previous uh, hosts that we used to have was telling me the other day that she did a love magic spell on a full moon and her intention was to experience unconditional love and then she got pregnant a couple of like, days <laughs> later. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is exactly the correct answer for unconditional <laughs> yep. love. Mm -hmm. The thing is, even in that, the lack of specificity, she's going to be the one who gives unconditional mm, love yes. as opposed to maybe her intention to receive unconditional love, mm. which that's how specific it has to be. Yes. Okay. Super specific. Yeah. And I think like, it's so wonderful to do spells like for yourself where you mm -hmm. call in certain energies. And then also it's perfect to do spells on like, again, like the collective or for your community. Yes. And I love doing healing spells and sending light energy to family members or people who are sick or hurting because like, you know, this is, this is powerful stuff. Like, and we should be healing others. That is the role of the witch of magic is that like, we're not just using this for our own advantageous, you know, things that we want in our lives. It's like, we have a responsibility to share with our community that you have the power within you and to share the magic that we have for the greater good. Yeah. <laughs> I know that it's hard sometimes because the world is a crazy place. But remembering that our journey as human beings is spiritual and we're having a human experience, <laughs> yes. that you're actually an extension of God, source, universe, energy. I mean, you are a creator. And I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but the how is not up to you. Just keep strong in your why and keep touching yourself with intention. Actually, that's a great um, segue for something that we're going to start offering. I think it's a monthly share that we will have, uh, we'll post on our social media, but we're going to have a community meditation. So a specific time in which you can tune in and drop in with us and either, you know, have your own sex magic practice or just a simple meditation or just like a moment of silence, but it will be for community world issues, uh, because I think that we do have a lot of power in, in our energy. And if we just send positive energy all together, it's going to be 
pretty amazing and it does no harm. Uh, so I'm really excited about that and we'll share more once we decide on our first date. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited about that. And it's so true that we do have a responsibility as witches to take care of the world and our community. And I think it's really easy to get crushed by like oppression and the, you know, patriarchy and all that stuff. And one of my favorite quotes is, I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure I'll butcher it, but uh, to burn the witch is to say magic is real. Mm. And so when you're feeling like someone is trying to like crush you, oppress you, or if it's more of a societal systemic thing, just know that they're doing that because they fear the power you have. So instead of focusing on that, focus on how can you use that power for good. Well, that was a pretty perfect intro episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you. <laughs> hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to Meredith Andrews. Thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. It means a lot. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you, and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes, and we're so grateful to do that and have your support. <laughs>